counsellor or a psychotherapist wanting to attract more clients more simply, then you, lovely person, are in the right place. Because I'm here to help you navigate marketing and remove any confusion and overwhelm that you might feel. Oh, and ditch that critical, nagging inner voice too. So each week I'll offer you inspiration, motivation and practical advice so you can get your marketing done and then get on with your life. I'm Jane Travis and welcome to the Grow Your Private Practice show. It's great to have you here. Hi and welcome back. And if this is your first time here, it's really great to have you on board. So firstly, before I go on, I just want to, I just want to apologise if I sound a little bit sniffly because I seem to be constantly on the edge of a cold these days. I don't know about you, so just, you know, if I'm a bit sniffly, I do apologise. Now then, you know that writing blogs or using social media is a great thing to do for your business. But the thing that could really sort of be a stumbling block is what is it that you should actually write about? I mean, we all know that there are breathing techniques or you could talk about how going for a walk is great for you. But come on, let's face it, those things have been talked about a million times. So how can you come up with new ideas and how can you make what you write about resonate with your ideal clients? Now, I I get this. I really, really do. It's something that over the years I've been through and I've kind of found a way that really helps me to find my creative side. So that's what I'm going to share with you today. I've got a super simple way to come up with unlimited ideas and make the whole process a lot more pleasurable for you. And yes, you heard me right, pleasurable, because there's more to marketing than just sitting in front of a computer and bashing away on the keys. Doing your own marketing can be a really enjoyable, creative experience. Now, I really love thinking about new ways that I can help people, like here on the podcast and also in the Grow Your Private Practice membership, because marketing isn't just about sell, 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 is it? Marketing really is about helping people, connecting with people, informing and even entertaining people, depending on what your personality is like. And the more that you enjoy your marketing, the more that you're going to do it. And what we focus on improves. I mean, that's just a fact. If you focus on something, it's just going to get better. So you're going to get far better results. And the more that you do this, the better your results are going to be. Now, actually, I did produce a free guide a little while ago called Attracting Clients by Helping Not Selling. And that explains what I mean about this. So you can actually grab a copy of that at janetravis.co.uk slash help not sell. And I'll put a link to that. So wherever you're listening to this, there'll be details of that around somewhere. So, yeah, I mean, what I like to do is to give people ideas on how to save time and enjoy the process. But anyway, I I digress. So if you can't think of a thing to write about, this is what I do. Now, I love to take myself out for a coffee or even for lunch somewhere to do some writing. Now, I do understand that that might not be possible or practical for you, depending on your personal circumstances. But if you possibly can, I'd say do it. And if you can't get out and go somewhere different, I would say Try to just find yourself a different place 
to where you normally work and go and do some writing there. So it might even be going to your bedroom or, you know, if it's the summertime, go and do this outside. Because getting away to new surroundings without the normal distractions of the home can really make a massive difference. I mean, you you know what it's like. It's really hard to concentrate when the dishwasher beeps or you need to bring in the washing because it looks like rain. It's very difficult to concentrate under those circumstances. And like I say, if you can make this a little treat for you, all the better. Now, when I was training to be a counsellor, I did a lot of my homework and a lot of my writing in children's play areas because I had young kids at that time. So when I first separated from my ex, my kids were, what, six and seven, and I, I, was tra- I started training literally three weeks before I separated from my ex. So, yeah, they were very young and there was a lot going on. But I went to somewhere, I, I went to, like, children's play areas, you know, the soft play areas, and it is so loud. And I can remember being surrounded by screaming sugar-fueled kids and crying and, you know, all the rest of it. But I was able to go there and tune it out because I knew that my kids were happy and my kids were having a really good time and I could concentrate, put a little bubble around me, knowing that they were safe. Anyway, I'm kind of digressing again, but <laughs> but I'm a big believer in making life as simple and as pleasurable as possible. So if you can, take yourself out. Or like I say, just do this in a different place. Now, before I start, it really helps to do this if you've got a niche. Because there's a saying, basically, if you try to attract everyone, you attract no one. So By speaking to your ideal clients, you're going to resonate with them and you're going to stand out more and they're going to notice you. Now, if you're not sure about niching, I'm not going to go into it right now, but I have done a niche, uh, sorry, I have done a podcast. It's episode 53 called Why Having a Niche is Essential. And again, I'll link to that somewhere around this and you could go and have a little listen to that. So here's what I suggest you do. So imagine a daily situation that like everybody has. So it might be the morning commute or the morning routine or meeting meeting a friend for coffee. And what I want you to do is to imagine that you are your ideal client and I want you to put yourself in their shoes. So really get into their head. So I want you to flex that empathy muscle so that you imagine that you are them and that you're thinking and feeling the sort of things that they would. So for the purposes of this, let's go for uh, meeting a friend for a coffee. Okay, so a really simple daily event, not daily, it's not a daily event for a lot of people, but a really simple event that's quite common. It's not earth shattering, is it? So I want you to imagine the whole experience of going for a coffee from the viewpoint of your ideal client, knowing what you do about people within your niche. So for example, if your niche is anxiety, how does anxiety show up for them? If you work with issues around self-esteem, how is that going to impact them? And then you just go through the whole experience and explore it from their point of view, wearing their shoes, you know, with their hat on, that sort of thing. And you can either list everything out, or if you're looking for ideas to to write a blog, I find a mind map is a really great thing to do because after you've done this, you can see all the different pieces and you can decide what you might want to include in your blog. So let's just go through as an example. So 
we're going to go through going out for a coffee with a friend, okay? So let's start right at the beginning. So who is it that makes the call to make the arrangement? So is it always you? And obviously, I mean, when I say you, I mean your ideal client. Is it always you that calls to make an arrangement with a friend? Or are you someone who tends to wait for the other person to make the first move? And you can ask yourself, why is that? Why is, why is it that way? Now, if it's always you, what happens if you don't make the first move? Do they not bother to contact you? Is there a reason? Is this about the fact that maybe it's about finding some new friends? Maybe these are friends that have kind of fallen by the wayside. If you're never the one to approach people, why is that? Are you worried that people might reject you? Are you worried about being pushy? Are you worried about coming across as desperate? You know, just explore, you know, like all of the little things that come up around this going out for a coffee with a friend. Can you see how we're looking at all these tiny little bits? So the next thing is who chooses where to go? So is it you that chooses or do they always choose? Are you somebody that always, you know, insists that they choose? Oh, no, you choose, you choose. You're better at choosing than me. Is that because you don't want to choose somewhere and then then feel it's not the right place or it's not good enough? You know, what's happening around that? And then on the day that, that, that you meet, how are you feeling? Do you feel excited? Maybe you feel a bit anxious or fearful. Maybe you feel a bit apprehensive or worried. And are, you know, are you always on time? Or are you early? Or are you late? Or are you the person that offers to go and pick them up? So you're the one that's doing the running around. And have a bit of a think about why that might be. So do you undress to, so, you know, when it comes to whether you turn up early or late, you know, do you underestimate the time it takes to get there? Does it, do you underestimate the time it takes to get ready? Are you helping others and that impacts on your plans? Could there be an element of self-sabotage around this? So if you're a people pleaser and you're looking after lots of other people and putting your needs last, does that mean that you then run late? And then that actually looks like, you know, that gives a bad impression. Maybe you underestimate all your other commitments and maybe you're the one that always has to travel, like I say, or pick people up. So now, how do you feel when you see the other person? Do you feel happy? Do you feel apprehensive? Do you feel passive? Do you feel overwhelmed? Do you just want to get it over with? Or have you really missed them? Do you feel really excited about catching up with them again? And how do you feel about small talk? Now, whether it's somebody you've known a long time or somebody that's a new friend, there's always going to be that little bit of small talk that helps to get, get you into a conversation. So how does, how does this person feel about that small talk? So what happens now? Well, you're going to have something to eat or something to drink. So how do you choose what to eat? Do you choose something that you want? Or do you choose something that you think you should have? And how would you how would you handle it if the waiter brings the wrong order? Would you get it changed? Would you just take what you're given? Would you just eat a little bit and leave it? The question here is, why is that? And once you can think about the whys, then you've got some really, you know, you've got really good fodder there of things that you can write about. So think of the conversation that you're having. Who's predominantly doing the talking? 
is it you? Are you doing a lot of the talking or are you the one that's actually doing most of the listening? Maybe the other person is talking over you. Maybe the other person is taking over. Maybe your role is the role of the person, uh, person of the listener. Have you been told that you're a good listener and, you know, that's the, the, the position that you've taken? And are you, when you're talking, are you being honest about what's happening in your life? So do you share problems? Do you worry about being judged? Do you worry about being laughed at? Do you share positive things that have happened? Do you share, you know, a win that you've had? Or do you worry that people are going to think that you're showing off or that people will be jealous and that you'll be kind of punished for it? Are you listening and keeping quiet? It's interesting, isn't it? When you really look at just a simple thing, there's so much fodder in there. There's so much really interesting stuff that you can then use and you can then write about. So you've had something to eat or you've had your coffee. Who pays the bill? You know, are you one of those people that insists on paying the bill? Is this usual for you? How do you feel if somebody else wants to pay the bill? You know, again, that's a really big thing, isn't it? And how do you feel afterwards? Did you enjoy the meal and wish you could do it more? Do you feel exhausted? Do you feel actually a bit sad and lost? Do you feel a bit overlooked? And what would you like to change? Okay, so we've gone through the whole event in just a huge amount of detail. Now, this doesn't have to take a long time. This is you just making a few notes about something. You can always add to it later, but this is a really, really good place to start. So once you've gone through the whole event in detail, then you can start coming up with ideas for posts, for blog posts or social media posts. So for example, this, you know, the idea of who actually makes the initial call if it's always something that you do, and of course, again, like I say, I'm saying you, but I mean the ideal client, the person that you have in your head. If it's always you that makes the choice, that makes the first move, could this be that they actually need to make more friends? And could you write a post about how friendships go through a cycle and how some people stay friends forever and it's natural that some friends, you know, fall by the wayside? Could it be that this person might need to actually reach out more and, you know, their lack of confidence or low self-esteem might prevent that? So maybe you could talk about, you know, easy ways of reaching out. Maybe they assume that people are too busy or won't want to meet them. So maybe you can talk about changing ne negative self-talk to be more positive so that you don't assume that people are going to be too busy. So maybe there are just a few things there you could talk about. And then when you've had a bit of a think about this, you can then think about some tips. You could offer some tips. So like, and I bet, you know, we've all had this sometimes. Have you ever been in a situation where you're locked in battle with a friend where neither of you wants to be the person that says where you want to go? <laughs> And you could go round and round in circles of going, oh, no, you choose. I don't mind where we go. And then going, oh, well, I don't know. I chose last time. And it's really frustrating, actually, isn't it? So something, a tip that you could offer for anybody who gets caught up in that is you could have two suggestions. So you can think of two places suitable for both of you to go, but somewhere that, you know, is, is quite a good choice. And you can make those suggestions. So a tip you know, a quick tip that you can offer is have two suggestions for them to choose from. 
so that you know that you're going to go somewhere that you like and they're going to be able to make a choice and know that they're not going to be able to make the wrong choice. Does that make sense? So I know I've had that where we've been locked in this big, big cycle of not knowing where to go. And sometimes just somebody saying, shall we go to this place or that place just really makes it easy. So you can make that into a really simple blog or a really simple social media post with that simple tip, just one simple tip. You know, we're not trying to change the world here. Um, just really simple tips are great. And another thing that's really great to share are stories. So stories are great to share both in blogs and on social media posts. So here's a really simple story idea. So you could tell a simple story about how you always used to insist on paying the bill and how you started to accept somebody else paying. So you could normalise it, talk about how it's an easy habit to get into and how it could come from always wanting to either look after other people or in some way not feeling worth it. And you could talk about, you know, the problem, the problems around it. So the problem is that you might get resentful or friends could take advantage. It might have an impact on on you and your finances because maybe you can't actually afford it. And it might, you know, you might be attracting the sort of friends who are quite happy to let them always be the person that pays. And then you could just offer them a quick tip. So you could say, here are three tips for not being the first one to offer to pay the bill. So tip one, I don't know, go to the go to the toilet when the bill when the bill's on its way. So when the bill comes to the table, just go, oh sorry, back in a sec, just nip off to the loo. You could you could literally sit on your hands. So when the bill comes and you know that you tend to pay when you're with this person all the time, literally sit on your hands. That's a really good one. Or, you know, another tip would be to practice accepting things. So practice accepting compliments, practice accepting gifts, and just to to do this as something that you can practice. So there's three really simple tips for how you can deal with this. So can you see how taking one simple everyday situation and exploring it from the point of view of your ideal client who has, you know, all of their current worries and problems can you see how this could give you loads of ideas and really help to get that to get that creative muscle working? And, you know, you could do this with everything. You know, you could talk about the morning commute to work or how they spend their lunchtime or saying no to things or waiting at the school gates or a trip to the hairdressers. I mean, anything, any simple thing, you can do a deep dive into what it's like to be your ideal client. What comes up if somebody who's struggling with self-esteem or anxiety or loneliness or, you know, anything that could be your niche. And you can talk about how, you know, give them some ideas. And, you know, the beauty, the beauty of this really is that once you get into this way of thinking, it means that your brain starts to sort of spark up with lots of different ideas everywhere that you go. I mean, I've talked about this before, but I can remember once when I was in the doctor's surgery. Do you remember when you could go to the doctor's surgery and just sit and wait in a waiting room? It feels like forever ago now, but and I can remember sitting there waiting and it's that horrible, awkward waiting room situation of not making eye contact with everybody and hoping the person that you're sitting next to, you know, hasn't got something contagious. And there was a girl there who had two young kids and in the doctor's surgery, it was absolutely silence. And these two young kids were being really, really well behaved. 
But when they did talk, the mother would shush them. And it just made me think about what was actually happening there. You know, what's happening for the mother? Are they, do they have a, a be quiet driver? Are they worried about upsetting everybody else? Are they a people pleaser? What's happening to those children? What messages are being given to those children? It just made me start thinking about the whole thing. And once you start thinking in this sort of way, you'll find that you see these ideas, get these, these ideas literally from everything, you know, a trip to the library or a trip to the swimming baths or just everything. You'll just start noticing things from the point of view of your ideal clients. And, you know, make a note of it you know, make a note of this, you know, in the notes section of your phone or whatever. And then the next time that you're preparing blogs or social media posts, you'll actually have a bank of ideas. I hope that makes sense, but this is something that is simple to do, but actually can give you loads and loads of ideas. That's, that's basically it really. So really what I recommend is and I think this is so important. Make the process a good process for you. Take yourself out for coffee and cake. Try and make this something that's a pleasurable process and good to do. And then really flex that empathy muscle. Go deep into the whole situation from the point of view of your reader or your potential client. And think about how they feel. What are they thinking? What's happening for them? And also think about you know why that might be. And then you can come up with content ideas of things that are going to help them. And this doesn't have to be massive things. It can be titchy tiny things like choosing which coffee shop they want to go and meet in. And like I say, then make sure that you've got a place that you can jot down all these ideas when they come up so that you've got a place that you can go to that's got all these post ideas next time you need to, you know, have a think. Now, action really is the important thing here. So I can tell you about this. You can go, oh, brilliant idea, Jane, and you might just never do it. So look, I'm going to challenge you to actually do this, to take action. So I want you to do this now. I want you to go and look in your diary and decide when you can do it. And remember, this doesn't have to be a big fancy thing. It might be that the next time you go to the supermarket, you just call in for a coffee before you do shopping, you know, don't make it hard. Make this easy, make it pleasurable, and then it's going to be something that you'll carry on doing. And I'd really like you to try this, and I'd like you to let me know how you get on. So either contact me on my socials, so you'll find me on LinkedIn, and uh, LinkedIn, just check for Jane, so it's Jane without a Y, so it's Jane Travis, or on Instagram where it's at Grow Your Private Practice, or you can drop me an email, I, that'd be nice, so email me at jane at janetravis.co.uk, because I'd really, really love to know how you get on with this. Okay, so that's it for this episode. I do hope that you found it useful and my snuffliness hasn't been too off-putting. Oh, and yeah, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode as well. And actually, whilst I'm thinking about it, can I ask a favour? If you find this podcast useful, and I hope that you do, but if you find it useful, why not share it with your counselling buddies? Because the more that therapists are visible and out there, the better it is for us all as a profession, okay? So yeah, be a friend and share it. So that's it for this week. All that's left to say really is have a fantastic week and I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Bye. 
you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this, then please subscribe to the show. And while you're there, I'd love it if you could leave me a big, shiny five-star review. Bye.